everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Front Row Movie Reviews podcast, the podcast for people who actually like movies. And this is another episode of the wonderfully successful and amazing podcast, Beyond the Mouse, where we talk all things Disney. I am your host, Craig McFarland, and with me is, again, Kevin Kulovic. This is two times in, like, three months. I don't know what's going on. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's because we're at your table again. Well, recording a shorter <laughs> table this time. Yes, we're I t- literally just noticed that. <laughs> this is a debut of this my new kitchen table that came from straight from Fort Myers, Florida. You know, uh, I have been told that we're the best visual podcast. So uh, good that we're explaining to people that can't see yeah. the table. Well, it's what a your nice table black like. table and with it's a lot circular. Of, you don't have to lean so much That's forward. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it's a round table with a lot of uh, marks on it from my little nephew, two-year-old nephew. Oh, that's adorable. Directly from my folks' place in Florida. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Uh, came, it's to nice. visit, came to visit me forever. It's nice for us with short legs. <laughs> so we're Kevin Kolovix. Yeah, hello. also joining us for Woo! the very first time, Woo! Bailey Brinkman. Hello, hello. It's like an entrance. <laughs> She threw off the blanket because she's cold. I don't know that I know of a bigger Disney fan than Bailey Brinkman. She's going to be competing with Vanessa and Brett. Yeah, for sure. On knowledge, too. I mean, you... Well, my parents. You like Well, sure, your yeah. parents. But, I mean, that's all kind of rolled into yeah. you, right? Yeah. Is, that's science? Is that how that works? I don't know. Actually, anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, Bailey, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So you're brand new, so we've got to ask you a question, and uh, we just warned her of this like two minutes ago, yeah. and she kind of freaked out about it, so we'll she see what her crying. answer is. But I did not! <laughs> Bailey, what's your favorite movie? I don't... Okay. So I'm obviously have to say a Disney movie, because duh. It doesn't need to be a Disney I, movie. Well, for me, okay, Bailey, it in is. Bailey, sense. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So I have a few that came to mind when you said that. So... First, Toy Story three, just because it makes me cry a lot and I love it. Right. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is that makes me love it so much, but I mean, it, but I do. Every movie makes you cry. You're right, but <laughs> but I mean that's like your childhood just being like. Well, you're mm-hmm. considerably younger than me, but like even, well, you're going to be going away off to college, yeah. right? So it probably is hitting mm-hmm. you in the feels right now. Yeah, and. Uh, Actually, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Toy Story 2, and my mom said I cried during that one, too, when Jesse uh, was left and the sad song was playing. She looked over at me, and I was crying. I'm like, duh. Bailey's the best to go see, go see things with. Because um, she just cries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it, starts, when it starts the open sob, and, you're, uh, and especially when you're in the theater. Yeah, we went to go see Finding Neverland. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so that's going to be another one, is Peter Pan. I love awesome. Peter Pan. I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> Fine, okay, so Finding Neverland is a musical all about like the making of right because it's based off of I've, the movie. I've seen the film. Yes, uh, I've not seen the musical. Okay, well, I saw the musical on Broadway when I went last year with uh, our show choir to New York, and then I yeah. made Kevin take me to see it in uh, St. Louis. But it's just. I don't know. It's just a really touching story, and all the background of Peter Pan, I just love it. So yeah. those are, I would say those are my two favorite movies. Really, like, since Liam is, like, we've kind of made Peter Pan his thing. Yeah. 
uh, because when he was a kid, I think I've probably said this before, but when he when he was a kid, he's 16 months old, so he's definitely <laughs> still a kid. When he was an infant, a newborn, uh, he would be crying at night, and the only thing that would calm him down is if we played um, You Can Fly on Spotify. So the, after that, we kind of made up his whole room in Peter Pan, and yeah. we've just been... Uh, kind of pushing Peter Pan on him, so hopefully it'll be his favorite yes. too. Um, well, but... I got a follow-up question for Bailey. So yeah, she had multiple. Since she's destined to ha- go places with her talent, well, who is your number one Disney princess? Well, based off of my uh, bracelet that I got in Disney, it's either going to be uh, Belle or Ariel. They oh. both have like. I, I connect, I feel like I connect to both of them very well, so those two are my Fair favorite. Fair enough. So she gave us two movies and two princesses. But we'll let the audience decide. We've <laughs> mentioned it. I, I don't know if you're, I, where are you going? What, like we, I just found out about this not too long ago. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm going to school in Pittsburgh next year call, uh, to a school called Point Park University, and I'm going to be a dance major and possibly a musical theater minor. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and it's I, like top three in the nation right now for dance. That so. is so cool. Congratulations so, from the front row. Thank you. Pretty tough audition process then? Yeah. Um, I went in February to uh, Pittsburgh. My dad and I drove out there and it was, we had an hour and a half ballet class and then we took a modern and then also a jazz class. So it was a good four hour audition right there. And there was, I think, 50 of us. And it was in front of like the whole staff. That is awesome. Well, mm-hmm. congratulations Thank for you. for that, and enjoy Pennsylvania. Thanks. Um, I it, lovely. I've never been to Pittsburgh. I've only been to like the hillier parts of mm-hmm. western or uh, eastern Pennsylvania uh, on the way out to like DC. But it's just beautiful out there. No, it's so. gorgeous. The first time I ever went to Pittsburgh was for my audition, and it was like the most gorgeous sight driving through this tunnel, and then all of a sudden it was nighttime, and you. Went through the tunnel, and there was the city and lights and everything, and it was just really pretty. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. So, today, we haven't even mentioned what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. We (laughs) are talking about the instant Disney classic, Frozen. Uh, We will be talking about that after we go through a bit of our park news, which is what we like to talk about here. Uh, We can talk anything Disney because it's the Disney show, and I love to talk about Walt Disney World in particular, so that's why I throw in park news. So yeah, we're the podcast for people who likes movies, but that doesn't stop me from talking about what I love, right? Amen. Sorry, Jeremy. Plus, it's your show. It is my show. (laughs) So I get to talk about what I want to talk about. And the first thing I want to talk about is this past weekend, um, past week, past weekend, we had Star Wars Celebration happening in Orlando, Florida. Now, uh, we usually leave Star Wars and Marvel, even though they are Disney properties, it would just be unfair if we talked about it all. Yeah. So... We kind of try to leave them separate, but I do want to talk about that trailer to The Last Jedi, and I also want to talk about the Disney Parks presentation quick, quickly, because I don't think that anybody on the front row has had the opportunity quite yet to be able to put out their thoughts on everything. Um, so, Kevin, tell me what your thoughts were. You watched the whole press conference Yes, I, I, I watched all of Fridays. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to go th- uh, watch Thursdays, but... Uh... I actually, because we were just on a message thread, and hey, this is happening, so uh, I was able to pull it up and I watched the entire thing, um, and and I just felt my anticipation, and I'm like the least ready to go for this type of stuff, but as I was just watching it and watching all the interviews and jo- how Josh Gad was just trying to get that information out of all the actors and everybody on what's going on, uh, 
by the time it came to that trailer actually popping up, I was ready to see it. And with with the trailer dropping, uh, it it was really cool. It made me that much more pumped to see the show, uh, the move, the film when it um, comes out in December. Uh, I thought it was the perfect amount just to get people really excited. Sets up the other trailers when we find out what more is going to happen. Uh, the poster looks phenomenal that they debuted as well. Uh, it, it, it did a perfect job on just setting up for the next one month we in uh, next the rest of the year. I, I think say. we're in April. Thank we you. we are in April. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'd say it's Easter Sunday uh, that I dragged <laughs> these people out to record a podcast. Uh, but you know what I. What I was, what I thought was interesting uh, about it was, it, it was one of those teaser. It was considered a teaser trailer, mm-hmm. and it did a good job of teasing the aspects of the movie mm-hmm. um, without giving too much away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did. Some people complain that it didn't really show you kind of what the the plot, almost like a plot synopsis, would be. But it wasn't supposed to. No. I mean, but don't most trailers? You watch a trailer and then you go see the movie, and you're like, the trailer totally misled. Yeah. Oh yeah. Know? Well, it either misleads you or it gives away the entire movie. And yeah. either way, it, that stinks. Like it's terrible when yeah. it does that. So um, I thought it was a good mix of everything. Um, I enjoyed that. You know, like you you have speculation going on out there. Like, why was Ray's theme from Force Awakens playing when you saw Carrie Fisher's back? When you saw Princess Leia? Are her and Ray more connected than we previously thought? You know. All of that stuff that was coming out of that trailer, uh, I really enjoyed how they how they presented that. And once again, it baffles me how people are able to pull that stuff. Like I would never have been able to catch that no. in a million years. It took a couple viewings. <laughs> so of course it's it was. Craig's, Craig's the one that found that, not just some random person on the internet. No, I'm, I'm positive other people on the internet have already talked about it. Well, I'm at, sure, but you noticed it though before yeah. you read about it, and I would never have been able right. To catch um, that. And, I think, you know, when they gave us the first trailer to Force Awakens, they basically took that whole trailer from, like, the first, um, the the first, like, act of the movie. It was all from the first, like, 30 minutes of the movie. I feel like that that's the same way with this. I think a lot of this stuff happens very early, um, and so that's why they're not giving away too much. Mm-hmm. You know, when you w- go back and watch the Force Awakens trailer, like, we thought it was cool that somebody was in some kind of ship and that's just like ray that's like her introduction to us mm-hmm. yeah. you know um so anyway uh bailey do you have anything to say about the trailer no you guys kind of covered it okay star wars isn't her <laughs> i mean I, I mean i love like don't get me wrong i've i've seen all the movies but i, I mean i'm not as huge as fans as you guys obviously <laughs> well that's okay but let's talk about something you are a fan of which is the disney parks right yeah. so yeah Yesterday, Saturday, they did the Disney Parks presentation and talked about Star Wars. I just had these guys watch the presentation of Star Wars Land. One thing I didn't mention to you is that in the presentation, they unveiled the uh, cast member who's going to be portraying Rey. Uh, So Rey is going to be one of the characters that you get to have a photo pass with, which is kind of cool. So you're going to be able to do like BB-8, Chewbacca... You could be Ray. Actually, yeah, you could be Ray. Yeah, you kind of look like Ray. For sure. I feel like I would be the right height for that. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that on here? Sh- sure. No one at Disney is going to listen <laughs> okay. to this. But just remember, whenever you talk, make sure you speak up so everybody can hear you out. And... You don't have to hear me. <laughs> <laughs> on the mic. So one of the things that they did, you can go and see the, the YouTube clip um, 
of the Walt Disney World and Disneyland presentation, and particularly this little snippet that they gave us of Star Wars Land that's coming in 2019. Uh, and I got to tell you, my initial thoughts on that are: I wish that they would have given us more. I wish mm-hmm. that they would have actually told us something or announced something. They didn't really do any of that. If you watch this clip, uh, it basically just rounds up exactly what we've already heard from the past year. Um, it tells tells us that construction is underway and kind of does an aerial view of the construction. Outside of that, they don't give us any new details, and I wanted something new. Why didn't they give us something new? But did we know what was going to be in Pandora? This far out, do you think? Like, that we knew there was going to be that water ride? I, mean, I knew... I, I didn't I know there was going to be two rides. I knew there was going to be a water ride a few... Like, when was... This started being built a few years ago? Like, uh, when, seven years ago yeah, or when, something. when yeah. I heard, like, a few years ago, I know, I heard there was going to be a water ride, because me and Tyler talked about it. That's her brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I... I don't know. What do you guys... What do you think about the clip that you just watched, Bailey? Oh, I'm excited. You are? Yeah, I mean, I felt like it's going to give Hollywood Studios more, have more things to do, mm-hmm. in a sense. Because yeah, for sure. for a while, it started to just become a park that you could only, you only had to go for half of a day. And you went and you did uh, Tower of Terror, Rock and Roll, and then you kind of left, you Aided know. Aided sci-fi and then peaced out. Yeah, yeah, you know. You go there for rides and then just cash yeah, out. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is this is going to kind of add new excitement for more people to want to come to this certain park. And, yeah. I would say, yeah, it makes it more visually appealing because mm-hmm. you, have, you have a land you can walk through instead of just uh, walking through the streets of Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, because at Animal Kingdom, you have all the beauty of nature throughout that you can just walk around uh-huh. all day and just stare, and there's always something new to look at. Uh, and so having something like that, it'll be a different part for Hollywood Studios, but yeah. I, I think I think Bailey's spot on with that one is just, it, it, it brings a new take on what is available instead of just rides and shows at Hollywood Studios. Right, and I mean, I, I watched the full press conference, so I'm a little bit, or presentation, so I, I've got a bit more info than you guys do. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they did mention, I guess one new thing that they said, was that each individual uh, visitor or guest to Star Wars Land will almost kind of be able to to make their own path to have their own story unfold in front of them, which I think is kind of interesting. I don't know what that means, but Mm -hmm. uh, they want to make everything very interactive and very much uh, specific to each individual guest that's going through that attraction. So it'll be kind of cool. It'll also be incredibly busy to get into. Oh, Oh, for sure. It opens in 2019. I. I bet I'll see it in like 2035 or so. I'm sure Bailey will be there within a couple months. Yeah. Opening it. Once you are, you have to come back and tell us all about it. So uh, let's move on to our next news story. We are going on a very uplifting story. Um, It's regarding a woman from Michigan who was arrested (laughs) at Disney World uh, on charges that she choked a teenager for blocking her view of a fireworks show. Uh, a report was saying that her family was sitting behind a group of teenagers during a, the fireworks show at Disney's Magic, Magic Kingdom. Uh, the teens stood up as the fireworks began blocking uh, this woman's view. Uh, she asked oh for the teenagers to sit down and became aggravated. That was in uh, quotation marks. When the teenagers decided to leave, one girl offered their spot to this woman. Very kind. 
Uh, but then this woman wrapped both of her hands around the girl's neck and began squeezing. Uh, this really irks me. <laughs> okay, first of all, if you're going to go to Disney World and you're going to go watch the fireworks show, yes, you may get there early and you may sit down. But it is a thing when the fireworks start, you stand... I don't know. Everyone stands up. That's Disney World. It's, yes. It's like you don't see... It's not like a parade where you go and you sit on the sidelines so you have the people in front who can see better and then you, ha- you can stand behind them. But no, I... Well, what's crazy, we, we went for one day in February, we, uh, and so we decided we wanted to see Wishes, be- yeah. and this is the fireworks that they that uh, this allegedly happened. And I should say allegedly that, of course, her lawyer is saying it's being way overblown Absolutely. and that she didn't actually do this. But just the thought that this might actually happen is why we wanted to talk about it. Um, but we went in February, and what was interesting to me is that with the new expanded hub area in the Magic Kingdom, you you can kind of sit, yes. I guess, in that area, in, that grassy area. Is that where they Some were? people does were it, still sitting. It doesn't, it doesn't really specify. specify. It just says on Main Street, right, which could be anywhere. So, uh, I mean, I don't. first of all, yes, yeah. I would stand still. But it, it's weird that now there is potentially an option to sit. Well, I would understand if you're on the hub grass, yes, because that's a new area. But if you're in the middle of Main Street, why would you sit down in the middle of the Main Street, first of all? Right, exactly. Coming Why from, would you choke somebody? I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I tap them. Excuse me, ma'am. You're blocking your view. Can you please sit down? Yeah. And I mean, you know. Or stand I, up and try to accommodate and just mind your own business at that point. Absolutely. And I've seen plenty of people when I'm there that are taller and they'll see that there's a kid behind them or whatever the yeah. case may be. And they'll move aside for them. So there's that mm-hmm. kindness that goes around too. Mm-hmm. Of course, people can be, when you get anybody in a large crowd um, and you have some kind of anim- anonymity because of that, you can be, it gives you more license to potentially be a jerk, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like at Disney that doesn't happen all the time. Kevin, what do you think? All I know is she's being charged with third degree child abuse <laughs> felony. That sucks. Yeah, it's... Uh, and, I, I, and I just threw that out there. I'm sorry, but I wasn't paying when attention did this, to when did, this, when did this happen? Uh, it was about two weeks ago or so. So even... Okay, here's another thing why I could maybe understand why she could be sitting down in the middle of Main Street is because it's part of a less crowded time of the year. Yeah. You know? Because when I was there on New Year's uh, a few years back... There was no room to sit down. You were standing up even like while you were waiting yeah. for three hours in, like, a smushed area. So maybe they're... I don't know. It just bugs, bugs me. Yeah, for sure. It, basically, <laughs> when you choked. go to Walt Disney World, the moral of this story, don't <laughs> don't choke people. And probably won't be able to sit most of the time. Be, be kind. Um, and also... It's uh, place on Earth. Good to realize that it's hard to block your view because fireworks happen in the sky. <laughs> so true. But the, all the projections on the I get but... it, I get it, but still. And we're going to talk about the castle projections in a little bit, but um, this is a ridiculous story. <laughs> I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Be nice to people. And when you said this one, I was like, that is really strange. You had to look it up and see if it was like the onion or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Happiest play on what? Uh, you, can, you have so many puns on that one. Or no. Wouldn't be a pun, or would it be a pun? Happiest put. It would be a play on words, wouldn't it? Yeah, which is a pun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is a pun. What was the pun? I didn't hear it. <laughs> it's the happiest place on earth, except for getting those who are getting choked out. I don't I know don't that that's really. That's a pun. 
That's why I didn't think it was. You guys are Let's go to the next news story, Kevin. Alrighty, this one takes us right to the Jungle Cruise where a few lucky folks at Disney World got a sudden surprise when all of a sudden Dwayne The Rock Johnson jumped on their Jungle Cruise That would have been so lit. <laughs> I love the Jungle Cruise. Could you imagine? Though? They have the worst puns. Speaking of puns. Speaking the, of puns. On the Jungle Cruise. Yes. Anyway, uh, so he, he had some good quotes talking about it and how like when he first got on, uh, it took like 12 and a half minutes for people to finally get over the shock that Dwayne Johnson is on their Jungle Cruise boat. Uh, I would never get over that shock. I would be like, Dwayne, let's and th- They were thinking it was a lookalike. He said one passenger even said, oh, the real rock is much smaller than this guy. And, and, and <laughs> like Dwayne, you know. Then Dwayne said he threw him off the boat. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to throw him off the boat. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So how exciting is this, though? He, uh, The rock is your Jungle Cruise skipper, which is just uh, awesome. But the reason why I wanted to throw this out there is because this relates a bit to the movies as well. Um, You know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is slated to do about 655 movies in the next two years, but one of them is going to be a Jungle Cruise movie. Uh, How do you feel about that, guys? Is that, like, based off of the ride? Yes. That'll be fun. Will there be a lot of puns in that movie? <laughs> I, we'll I certainly out. hope there will be a lot of puns. I actually think that would be really cool because that's a ride I, my family, I'm not sure if the rest of my family likes doing it, but I always force my family into going <laughs> just because, I don't know, it's just like fun going. It's, relaxed, it's like it's one a of nice those classics. After, it's yeah. a nice afternoon ride to go on. Yeah, when you're hot and yeah. you're like, you get to sit down and it's Shade. a nice 10. That'll be interesting now thinking about everything that you like encounter on the cruise. Right, because That'll what be they're cool. saying is that it's going to be almost like a Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of feel. Yeah. So I mean, no, I but with like puns and things, and <laughs> the I mean, he can do he can do comedy. I mean, I love his comedy. Oh, so yeah. I I think it could work. You know, of course, there's always that um, that gray cloud that is the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy kind of hanging over this because. When you do adapt a ride, it could go horribly, horribly wrong. Yes. I loved that movie as a kid. I'm being serious. Dot, 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 as a kid. Have I, you watched it recently? Yeah, it's so bad, but I love it. <laughs> it's like one of those where you're like, on a rainy day, you're like, let me watch this old I've old never thing. said that. See, but I, I feel like the studio wants, like, you know, this to make close to a billion dollars, and that wouldn't happen if it was like that. See, but I so, feel like Disney's on a really good track record right now. They are. Yeah, I, I don't know that they would develop this movie or a lot of their live-action remakes unless they had a really solid script. So yes. I I trust them with this. I think that it's going to be a, a good movie. I'm, I'm anxious to see it. And mm-hmm. it's cool to see one of those classic rides get highlighted again. Uh, I mean, this is a ride that Walt had a hand in helping develop. And I always think that, that that's kind of cool um, to be able to see that come to the big screen. is yeah. going to be a big deal. Um, Kevin, do you have any other thoughts on that? I'm still just trying to think about how I would react if all of a sudden Dwayne Johnson <laughs> jumps on my Jungle Cruise uh, vessel. Yeah, I, I don't even know. Well, first of all, the, the guy the has to be huge, oh, right? You look at it. He's the picture that came along with his Instagram post is his head's pretty much touching the canopy when he's just standing there, and a boat full of people, and they they took a picture all together, and that's so cool. Yeah, Dwayne Johnson just jumping on my Jungle, jungle Cruise. cruise you just never know what's going to happen at the happiest, happiest place, place on, on earth. earth. Great pun. You can either 
have Dwayne Johnson on your be your skipper for the Jungle Cruise. You could be choked out by a or lady. you could be choked out by a lady from Michigan. Yes. And get Kevin, charged. what's the next news story? We moved back to uh, some fireworks news, uh, talking about Happily Ever After, the uh, new fireworks spectacular that's set to debut in Magic Kingdom, continuing the May debuts of all the stuff coming out in Disney World uh, during May. Um, so it's called uh, Happily Ever After, which we've mentioned. Oh, Bailey's already not looking too pleased with this one. Um, let's see, some of the highlights of this one, you will find new projections. Um, Projections are one of the, uh, the show director says projections are one of the many invaluable storytelling tools used in Happily Ever After, in addition to a new hand-drawn animation, an original score, and latest in fireworks, lasers, and pyrotechnics. Bailey is unamused by the new show because she is so in love with wishes, but I will just go ahead and say my I'm really two excited, cents. actually. Are you? Yeah. Then why were you giving such a frown? Because I'm never going to see wishes ever again. Oh. It is sad, but Kevin. <laughs> I... What I love about anything new like this that comes to Disney World are the orchestrations. Yes. Because yes, any yes, new yes. orchestrations that come out, whether it's for all these new fireworks shows, it, it's stuff you can just listen to in a cycle for just over and over and over because they are so uh, intricate and <clears throat> all so many different styles. That is the one thing I love about new uh, spectaculars or whatever like this new orchestrations that come along with it obviously the visuals are equally as impressive it's the music that makes me cry during them like with, let's be with real. the explosions that, and everything going on it just adds to everything and so seeing what uh, what's going to come from this is going to be mm-hmm. incredible yeah and uh, you know they just debuted the new uh, projection show on the castle not too long ago I don't know if you got to see it while you were there uh, but it's called Once Upon a Time, and so then it'll be Once Upon a Time and then Happily Ever After to end your night. But the projections are absolutely incredible. If you have I not watched it... I don't understand it, how, they, how it happens. Uh, yeah, uh, go go YouTube uh, Once Upon a Time right now, mm-hmm. and that should alone get you excited for this show. Um, if that doesn't get you excited for the show, go and YouTube the videos of the Star Wars uh spectacular at Hollywood Studios uh, because they also use projections on the Grauman's Chinese Theater and it's just... I haven't seen that yet. Incredible. I've seen this... I saw it when it first came out, so just the fireworks. Yeah. But this past time, I... When we were there, I didn't get to see the it with the projections. Man, you should have. Uh, have my, you watched it, though? Uh, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, okay. But um, not like in person. Uh, Brady and my dad got to... See it. That's but awesome. My mom and I went and watched Illuminations instead. Nice. <laughs> but also the new characters. That's a tough choice to make. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The new characters, it'll allow them to bring in all the new characters that have come out over the last couple years into these into the new spectacular, which will be a nice addition as well. Yeah, and you know, uh, Wishes has been around since 2003, and ever since Robin Williams' death, like it's always been like there's always been like this little thing about when the genie takes over the yes. castle. I'm always kind of like, oh man, and I. It'll be sad that Rob Williams will no longer be that integral of a part in the parks. However, it'll be kind of nice to not... Like, that kind of takes me out of it a little bit, just because I think about him when that that happens in Wishes. Mm -hmm. Wishes is such a wonderful fireworks show. It'll be greatly missed, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But 
I trust them. I trust that they're going to do a good job with this. And I, I don't think that, I mean, it's been 14 years. They should change. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we're really excited about it. It comes out, I, is it May 12th? Is it the first? Mm-hmm. Yes, May 12th. Yeah. It was, so... it was actually announced uh, the last day of our trip on, in February. And oh, I'm that's like, awesome. We have to go see Wishes one more time. Yeah, we got to go <laughs> see Wishes right now. Um <laughs> That's exactly how we felt. We were going to go yeah. see Illuminations our one night, but we were like, no, we have to go see Wishes. If they ever changed Illuminations, I think I would um, never return. I don't know. That might be next. I love that song that plays in Illuminations. You know, we we go on. That one? Yeah. I think it's Celine Dion. <laughs> Is it really? She sings like the exit music, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I I'm excited for it, and maybe uh, for our May Beyond the Mouse, it will have probably debuted by then. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to watch the YouTube clips of it and give us your feed, our our feedback on that. So and eventually see it in person. Yeah, I eventually see it in person. Bailey's well, there already, we go. Bailey's already going back. Mm-hmm. We'll have to have you back on the podcast then, right? Yeah. So uh, let's talk Pittsburgh. about. Yeah, before... we can, like I, you can call me in Skype. We can yes, Skype you. Yes, I love Skype. <laughs> <laughs> We're super pumped about Skype. <laughs> so before we get into Frozen, the last thing I wanted to do on the park side of things was talk to sp- specifically Bailey about the new Frozen ride. Uh, Frozen Ever After, because mm-hmm. I, you're the only one that's been on it. Yeah. So give us your two cents on this ride that opened in Epcot last summer. Well, I want to start off by saying I'm still super sad that um, the ride before had closed uh, the Maelstrom uh-huh. that Frozen took over. But I do want to say that it was actually a really cool ride. Like, at this point, I think Frozen is a little overrated. But um, it just got really thrown at us a lot, and it was just a lot all at once. But I thought the ride was actually pretty cool. Like, how they did some of the things in the ride. Um, There's a part where they kept everything the same, like, when you, like, go backwards and forwards, how the Maelstrom had it. But it's so... You go through this like little tunnel, and then Elsa's there, and she starts singing like the beginning of Let It Go, and all of a sudden when she does let, start singing the Let It Go part, like fire extinguisher smoke kind of stuff happens, and that's when you start going backwards, and it pushes you back really fast. It was like really cool visually. That's it was, awesome. It's like one of those things where you do it once, and you're satisfied. Yeah. Did you, you know? like the animatronics? I yeah. I mean, was it kind really of like cool. a newer technology at all? Could you tell? It or? was kind of more like um, Mind Train. Okay. It, that's what it felt like to me. At least. Awesome. Well, you know, this is a ride that uh, you can only... It's hard to get fast passes for. Yeah, we were like the third people in line for it. Awesome. That's great. So you just... Well, you you probably stayed in the back of Epcot, right? So you could just run in. Um, It it opens up at the beginning of the the park day, but let's say that you... This is your first time going um, to Disney World. Yes. And... Let's not have kids involved in it. Because if you, you do whatever your kid wants to do, I, I totally mm-hmm. get that. But if you are just a couple of adults going um, and the wait time is over 60 minutes, no. do you wait for it? No. No? I, I personally, but I don't know. What's your, what's your, what's your cutoff? Cutoff? How long would you wait for it? 30 minutes. 30 minutes? Yeah. Is that just any ride or is that specifically this ride? 
specifically that one. Um, okay. There's a few that I would wait a little bit more for, but recently Disney has been, yes, on super crowded times, obviously there's really long wait times, but certain rides have been like super like quick waits. Yeah. When I was there in October, I got to Epcot 30 minutes after park opening and it was super crowded. I walked right on to um, Soren. Yeah, because that's of, awesome. because of the new the theater. New theater yeah. So there's since there's three things going, and that's how it seems like with a lot of things they're making more tracks, and they're trying to do one track is just the fast pass track, and then there's the other one. So yeah. like with Toy Story Mania is the same way. It's a lot quicker. It'll be interesting that. now that Pandora is going to be open next month to see how that disperses crowds. And mm. I, I think that they're doing a good job because it's always busy there. It's yeah. hard to find a time of year where it's not going to be pretty packed. Uh-huh. Um, but at the same time, I think that they're doing a good job with the amount of crowds that they have. And they continue to open up new things. When Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land do open... They are going to be crazy busy, but I hope that that helps disperse the crowds a little bit. I feel like, um, yeah, Disney has been doing so well with, like, constantly updating. Yeah. I feel like for a few years there, it was kind of at a standstill while Fantasyland was being built. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, everything had been the same, and then Fantasyland was announced. And that was kind of iffy at first, but then when it opened up, you're like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, for sure. And so, and and I think that's just what it started with. It started with Magic Kingdom, and now it's just, like, hopping. Mm-hmm. Like park to park, I've I've watched the ride through on Frozen Ever After. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know that I would wait a long time for it yeah. either. What was weird to me was that it's not really the story, or it's not really a no. story. It's just like random scenes, like kind of. And maybe that's because they had to do um, the same track as Maelstrom, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe they were limited by that. Have you watched it at all, Kevin? I have not watched it, and I didn't even go on Maelstrom when it was open. What? So- yeah. That was like my okay. Oh. Here was the thing. That was the ride that there was always only like a fifteen minute wait for. Like and if so, that. Yeah, and that would always. <laughs> Which be is one. why they changed it. Well, my <laughs> parents were like around drinking. You know, we could, we could like Tyler and I would always be like, let's go in Maelstrom. Then yeah. the Mex- it's Mexico. It's right next ride. to Mexico. <laughs> you know what? So then that way, <laughs> while your parents are getting those uh, horchatas <laughs> that are amazing, you were on that. That's she gets- great. She gets mad at me for saying that, but I want to go on one of my favorite rides in the whole park. No. The Carousel of Progress. The Carousel of Progress is awful and it needs to go. Okay. Um, Even right now. We should probably end here uh, before it gets crazy. Go fight Bailey. I will say that uh, one of our friends renamed it the Carousel of Regress when we were there one time, and that's all I think of now, but I do love it because... It, it brings you back to the 1964 World's Fair. It brings mm-hmm. you... Walt designed that thing. I mean, it's just... It has a special place in my heart. It was the very and first... And it's air-conditioned. It was the very first exactly. ride. Exactly. That's why my dad and I like it. We can go and take a nice little nap. <laughs> it's the very first ride I ever went on in Disney World. That's why it holds a special place. That's awesome. I don't remember my very first ride. I don't Thanks. either. I do miss 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, but I did get to see the ride vehicle when I went... Uh, on the Disney Dream, because I get the snorkel mm-hmm. um, cool. at Castaway Key, and they, they sunk one of the old 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea ride vehicles. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so it was really neat. It was really neat to be able to see. Anything else? Mm-mm. All right, well, we better start, uh, you know, we better just uh, let it go. Oh, and... God. 
get into Frozen. <laughs> and we will right after this quick break. This episode of the Front Row Movie Reviews is brought to you by Sarah B. Voice and Piano Studio. Owned and operated by the Front Row's very own Sarah Baltusvich Geckner. This is the place that you want to be if you want your child to learn the great craft of singing or playing the piano. Sarah Baltusvich Geckner is simply the best when it comes to teaching children the complicated art of music. She not only relates to them in an amazing way for music, but she also talks to them and makes them feel appreciated as a person first and makes them want to learn this craft. So if you've got a child in the Springfield, Illinois area that wants to learn music in either singing or piano, Sarah B. Voice and Piano Studio is the place to go. You can find her online at www.sarahbstudio.com or you can find her on Facebook by searching for Sarah B. Voice and Piano Studio. Now it's on with the podcast. There'll be actual real life people. It'll be totally strange. Wow, am I so ready for this change? Cause for the first time in forever, there'll be music, there'll be light. For the first time in forever, I'll be dancing through the night. Don't know if I'm elated or gassy, but I'm somewhere in that zone. For the first time in forever, I won't be alone. All right, I'm sure we're back from a, a wonderful, wonderful break, and you just heard some great, great, great music uh, from Frozen. I don't know what drop Jeremy's going to decide to put in there, but there's like a billion songs. Bailey's cracking up right now. She's dying. Bailey's still with us, but she might not be for long because she's like, you need to breathe. That was just a funny kind of breathe. I was expecting to actually stand up and do something. (laughs) She wanted like an actual break, but we didn't actually break. No, you just waited a few seconds and started talking. It's just what I do. I just, I just always talk. Ask, ask Anna. Okay, just ready. always talk. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. We're gonna talk about Frozen. Is oh, that okay? Yeah, I'm so ready. Okay. So we're talking about the 2013 film that became an instant classic. Maybe too fast. Maybe it became an instant classic too fast. Uh, which we'll talk about here. But, uh, of course, everybody knows the story of Frozen. There's Anna. There's Elsa. There's Olaf. There's Kristoff. Kristoff? There's Hans. Hans. There's Sven. Sven. And there's uh, the guy from Weaseltown. <laughs> Wesselton. <laughs> it just claps uh, in case... High five. In case yeah, exactly. High five. Clap. We clap. Two-person clap. <laughs> it just clapped. All right. So... <laughs> Let's get right into it before this goes completely off the rails. Kevin, what's your first impressions of Frozen? Looking at their box office numbers, it it looks like it grossed four hundred million domestically. I'm sure, right? Yes. Worldwide, it had to be close to a billion. But the thing is, it has to be all the action or all the figurines and everything is where they got their money, and and to me, that's where the movie really took off. To a new level, which we have not seen in a very long time in such a cult-like following. Uh, but in terms of the movie, I, when I, I took my mom to go see this, and and I think she said it the best. I, I'll never forget because we. I'm like, "Well, mom, what did you think of Frozen?" She said, "It's like it was okay," and and that's how I felt about it. Uh, the performances were great. Uh, were good though. 
it's it, for me it was just underwhelming as a movie um visually it was visually it was very stunning but just overall plot and everything i felt myself quite bored um but yeah that's my initial thoughts okay bailey when i first saw it yeah absolutely loved it i saw it like five million times in theaters not kidding and then i found a bootleg version of it and just started staying home and watching it um that's, that, that's where you I shouldn't say that <laughs> that's where you were for three months right yeah like you're just in hibernation yeah. watching frozen well and no i thought it was really good and i think the music is what makes all the little girls love it it's just so like catchy songs and it's an easy story for kids to understand it is and, a good, and good movie. that's what i've realized recently is that movies that are shorter because this is one of it's not short by all means but it's shorter it's like um, an hour and a half which yeah, is pretty standard for like a disney animated yeah, film but i feel like it's nice for kids to just sit down and watch and it's easy for them to follow and it holds their attention span yeah perfectly the first time that we saw this we actually took our niece to the movie theater to see it and anastasia? she was yeah anastasia she was she was like Oh gosh, this came out in 2013, so she would have been three years old. And I was kind of worried about taking a three-year-old to the movies, right? But she sat and she was just enthralled the entire time. She Mm -hmm. absolutely loved it. And so did we. We we thought it was really clever. I loved the little short that they put in front of it because to me, this this feels like, I, I know that this came after Tangled and it came after Princess and the Frog. Mm-hmm. But this feels like them really hitting their stride with the Walt Disney Animation Studios. So separate from yes. Pixar, right? And yes. it, it seems like they really, really hit their stride with this movie. Um, and I liked the story. I liked uh, – we'll talk about the the plot and what we liked about that later. But I enjoyed that it, it kind of made fun of all the movies that came before it a mm-hmm. little bit. You know, It poked uh, fun here and there at – all the princesses and the the concept of true love and and all that, um, and then it also had some killer music. Uh, the the music was absolutely incredible in this mm-hmm. film, and Liam loves the music now as yeah. a little kid. So uh, it is catchy, and I know that for people that have heard "Let It Go" a billion times, I understand why that might give you a, a negative taste. Um, but in some way, like you can't necessarily blame the movie for that no Um, no it's the the hype that went around the movie and i think that's what i'm guilty of and that's a big part and craig you were right it's right just under 1.3 billion worldwide yeah i mean it's incredible how much money this thing made probably made a ton of money in norway because what else are they going to watch there glaciers (laughs) probably not anymore (laughs) (laughs) anyway so now that we've got our first impressions out of the way, I, I want to talk about some of the characters that we really enjoyed. And Bailey, I'll let you take it. Uh, what you started off like, what was one of the characters that you really enjoyed? Either the the way that they developed the character, or the voice acting that went along with it, the whole mm-hmm. package, whatever you want to talk about. What character do you want to highlight? I love Anna. Anna. Yeah. Okay. Bailey I, makes a very convincing Anna too. Whenever. Because okay, so. I do, like, Anna at birthday parties, yeah. so I feel like there, there was just lots of character study within that one, so I just feel like the thing that I love about her is, first of all, she's me, she's so right. clumsy and, like, ditzy, and it's just, like, she she's smart, but not in, like, the I know 
I'm like, I can read all the books kind of thing, but she's smart and very um, motivated in a way. And I feel like that's kind of me. I'm more like street smart and I'm very motivated to do things. And I just feel like I really relate to Anna and in that way. Always act like you've drank 10 cups of coffee. Yeah, and that's how Anna is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Kristen Bell, she does such a good job at uh-huh. this role. I mean, she... Um, She's got some really tender moments in this, too, yes. and it comes through in her voice acting. And then, of course, she has the ditzy moments as mm-hmm. well. And uh, it's a character that, of course, drives the story even more so than Elsa because we go on this journey with Anna. With Anna, right? yeah. Um, so yeah, Elsa's... everyone's like, I love Elsa. Elsa's my favorite. And I'm like, screw Elsa. Anna's where, where my love is. Right, right. No, I totally get that. Kevin, uh, got anything on Anna? Uh, I... Honestly, half of my experience with Frozen is what watching Bailey perform <laughs> all the time, and so maybe that's why it continues to be lo- lessened my appreciation because I've been around. Hey! Not yeah. because of your what you do, Bailey. It's totally because of what you do. It is. Yes, I'm leaving. <laughs> she actually did get up and walk away, and now she's back. But no, and uh, I'm back. So my. My favorite character is definitely Hans, uh, just for all this deception that he does. I really can relate. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, what's that guy's name? It's uh, Santino Fontana. Prince Charming from the new uh, Broadway cast of Cinderella. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, say that name again. Santino Fontana. I don't know why. It kind of just reminded me of Vince Montaigne. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> but let's stick on Anna for a minute. Oh, yeah, no, Anna, it's, and I love, uh, she had some of the more mem- the more memorable songs to me. If, I mean, obviously, Let It Go is this huge ballad number, but yet, also, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Just, how many times have we heard that one as well? My but, favorite is For the First Time in Forever. That is a good song. It is. Yeah, it's a hilarious song, but, too, when you listen to the lyrics, because, like, at first it kind of goes over your head, but, I mean... It, well, it doesn't go over your head. It's not like it's you know super intellectual, but like you're just kind of like, oh, this is a nice tune. But then once you listen to the lyrics, it's hilarious the whole way through. But Anna's character development throughout the movie, how she comes like just this airheady type, but then gradually gets more confident and is able to go out on her own to mm-hmm. find Elsa and all that. You, you have to really appreciate that as you see that throughout the film. And like we were talking about, the animation that went along with how Kristen was delivering her lines works so well. Uh, especially the first time when she's uh, pretty much getting Kristoff to take her uh, up the mountain and she pumps her chest out and just says, like, now, right after she throws, we are going now. I I love those type of moments where it gets, uh, there's a lot of humor involved. It was very cleverly written where I found myself laughing uh, at certain parts like that. And we, she's not necessarily a more comedic uh, character in the movie, but the progression on how she became more of um, an empowering uh, woman was another great aspect. Yeah, women empowerment is definitely a major theme in this movie. And because... we've been getting a lot in a lot in Disney movies lately. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, even Moana. Oh, absolutely, very... for sure. And I would even say how Emma Watson played Belle was much more like empowering. You no, know, than... I watched interviews on it, and she said that's how she wanted it. Yeah, she wanted to portray it yeah. that way, and I think that it came off that way. But um, this is the first movie that. I mentioned the whole true love thing. Uh, it it basically said that like your true love 
isn't as important as the love between two sisters. Mm-hmm. And, like, it, it allowed for that family dynamic and... Uh, as women, you can save each other as opposed to needing a man in your mm-hmm. life. You know, I mean, there was a lot of great messages throughout this thing, uh, and central to that is Anna, mm-hmm. um, because she does have these two men that are kind of starting to win over her affection. She has mm-hmm. Hans right away, yeah. who. Uh, of course, they immediately fall in love, and that's where they're making fun of all the Disney movies that came before yeah. them. It's it's almost like, you know, Love is an Open Door could be like Kiss the Girl with Eric and Ariel. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many times where you just immediately see these two fall in love, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's poking fun at that. And, of course, there's that spoiler. If you haven't seen Frozen... Um, in the last four years. Anyway, uh there's that that turn where Hans is, of course, the bad guy, which I is well. The first time you watch this movie, you, you're you just don't like you that. don't expect and that to like, happen. Um, so, of course, her second love uh, that comes into her life in this movie is uh, is Kristoff, uh, played by Jonathan Groff. And I didn't know that that's who played this until like pretty recent, like within the last year. Really, really, I, yeah. I just never really looked into who played Melchior Gabor himself. Yeah, I love Jonathan. That's the lead from Spring Awakening, if you didn't. Know. Uh, yes. Okay. I, you, you, I, you know, I did know. know that. Okay. I did know that. Also, Glee, Fame, and yes. Hamilton, of course. George as well. Washington, not George Washington. <laughs> wow, I hate like myself the, for the, saying that. George, Miss Hamilton herself. I'm so mad. I just said that. <laughs> it's okay. We, I know all the Hamilton things. I would say that Jeremy would cut it out, but he won't. No, I know. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, like I, Kristen Bell, amazing job as Aunt, yes. as Anna. Uh, Anna doesn't like when I call her Anna. She likes Anna, but it's Anna. Whatever. Anyway, but it um, is Anna. I know it's Anna, but I mean it's just spelled Anna. Yeah, but they're Norwegian, right. so. Because <laughs> that makes sense. That's that's what we're gonna use as the excuse, okay? <laughs> okay. Perfect. So let's move over to the wonderfully talented Adele Dazim. Oh yeah. <laughs> Talk about Anna Benoit and I watch that video all the time because it's the funniest. It's John Travolta. It's the funniest thing. Like, why? How did he screw that up? So badly. So badly. He was doing it, and he goes, "The wickedly talented." He thought he was so cute. I know. He thought he was so cute because she was in Wicked, guys. Anyway, Idina Menzel is your Elsa. Did you not? You I just don't got that. That's why he said the wickedly talented. No, it's just the way he says wickedly that it just gets, it makes me laugh. So I've never thought into it. Uh, oh, baby. That's I'm awesome. So stupid. Okay. So anyway. Anyway, well, see, and that's the difference. I mean, I'll just jump right in. Sure. Uh, Somebody has to. So. This is the interesting thing when we're getting between that separates the live actions from the uh, animation. The animation has actually gone out and has gotten these Broadway caliber performers, well, Broadway performers, um, to do these voices for these animations. But yet, I don't know if they're afraid to do it or don't want to do it because they need more uh, face recognition by more bigger Hollywood names. But that's what makes, musically, these movies so powerful is because they have the voices in these movies to back it up. Yeah. Uh, she definitely has the pipes here. Looking at, yeah. if you look at just the f- top five, 
uh, Christian Bell, I don't think, has ever been on Broadway, but Adina Menzel, Jonathan Groff, Josh Gad, and Santino Fontana all have been on Broadway mm-hmm. in Leeds. But yet, we look at their live actions, it's not the case, and that kind of hurts in the vocal quality of what we get from it. And so, but that's why Adina Menzel is the queen of ballads, and so when she sings Let It Go, it's phenomenal. And, and just the animation around that, absolutely. too. I mean, when, that, that whole scene is beautiful. Absolutely. And she was able, I was surprised at how she was able to embody just uh, the Elsa character throughout, because, I mean, yeah, I'm concerned when I hear a Broadway performer doing animation, but yet they are very trained actors and actresses, and I don't know why I think that, but the performance throughout, you you felt the softness, you felt the harshness when the, when she was harsh, uh, needed to be harsh, but yeah, you, there's not much you can say except it was a great performance by pretty much everybody involved. Uh, yeah, in I, characters. you know, and uh, to get back to Idina Menzel in particular, it's this she could only do this role in an animated form because I mean she when she did this role she had to be in her late thirties, right? I mean I don't know how old she is now, but uh, Elsa is supposed to be early twenties, right? Twenty one. Yeah, so she's about to become queen. Yeah, so um, I mean. She couldn't have done that in live action, right? I mean, she just no. looks older than that. So it it, it translates well, if, especially if you don't know who Idina Menzel is. Of course, me being a fan of musicals, mm-hmm. we all knew who she was through either Rent or through Wicked um, or any of her other Broadway shows that she's yeah. done amazing jobs on. But she did a good job with this character. Um, I wish that there was just... You know, it, it seemed like a, a more flat character compared to Anna, just because, like yeah. I said, you go on a journey with Anna. With Elsa, she's pretty much who she is. Like, yeah. there's no growth necessarily in that character. Um, but Idina Menzel has the pipes to be able to belt out, let it go, and do such a phenomenal job with that with that uh, that song. So. I just looked it up. She was half. Anna, or Elsa is half her age when she filmed this. So she was 42? She was 42 when they filmed it. Okay, yeah, so... Or when it came yeah, out, Yeah, when they filmed this? When it... Oh, it's an animation. Mm-hmm. Clever. Bailey got me on that one. I did. She did. You've been burning her a lot, so I'm totally... I'm going to leave it in. Welcome to our relationship. <laughs> I'm going to leave it in. So... I want to talk about Olaf uh, and Josh Gad because I kind of was down on Josh Gad last episode because he was the worst part of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, no, 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 no. I loved him in Beauty and the Beast, Craig. (laughs) He was so good in Beauty and the Beast. He was not. I loved him. LeFou is supposed to be a fool. Yes, but that's not how they portrayed him. And Belle's supposed His to... His name is literally The Fool. I know, but <laughs> but you know, I don't blame Josh Gad for this. If you're going to blame that, blame the writers. Because they play well, him do. more off yeah. on the caring kind of guy. I get that, but... Let's talk about Olaf. Okay, let's talk about Olaf. <laughs> so, Olaf is also caring and goofy, and he uh-huh. does a perfect job yeah, at it. Yeah, he does. So, uh... Just like he did in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> I, I enjoy this uh, side character. He, you know, I could see a whole movie with Olaf, and I'd be totally fine with it. Like, uh, him being the, the principal character. Oh. Um, but he he does a good job of... Lightening the the tense moments in the movie, but then also at the same time um, allowing the kids to have something to laugh at 
all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think Josh Gad does a fantastic job in this movie. Any uh, any of you guys got comments on that? I mean, Olaf has some of the best one-liners, uh, the zingers throughout the yeah. throughout the movie, which is yeah. which it's the it's the subtle humor that I truly appreciate, and and that's what Olaf brought. Uh, along with a lot of Anna's and Kristoff, especially, um, their moments. So, yeah, it, it's just a quirky little character, and he 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 does it spot on. And there's, I mean, I, there's not much more I can add to that. Yeah, I love Olaf. I think the reason I love Olaf is because, like you said, he's like the funny, lighthearted part. But then, yet, he kind of makes certain situations more emotional. Because I remember. Just being so saddened when he was like gonna melt, and I, I don't know. He for me, he was a sad part of the movie because I feel like he's the character that you just don't want to let go. Yeah, and you think that you might have to yeah. just let it go. Oh my god! Oh, that was a nice one. They just high five. We just clapped. You clapped hands. We, we hand clapped. <laughs> hand clapped between two people. Um, so. Any other characters that you want to, to talk about? Uh, you want to mention Kristoff a bit more? Um, do you want to talk about, uh, you know, Alan Tudyk and how amazing he was as the, the Duke of Weaseltown? I didn't know that was Alan Tudyk either until actually Jeremy mentioned it when we were talking about him playing K2SO in uh, Rogue One, how he's done all these, you know, how he was... Uh, he was also uh, in Wreck-It Ralph. He was the the guy with the... I've only seen Wreck-It Ralph like once. Wreck-It Ralph is I a know. good movie. I know, but who's the candy guy? Candy. Yeah. Can, can, uh, candy? Can, yes, the evil guy. Yeah. Yeah. Alan Tudyk is also him as well. So, uh, great voice actor, does a great job. Uh, if there's no other characters, though, we can go into the scenes that worked for us really well. The Your favorite scenes. Bailey, you got a favorite scene? Um, go to Kevin first, come back to me. I have to think about it. All right. Bailey's hosting the show now, um, so we're going go to we're gonna go to Kevin first. Thank you, Bailey, You're for welcome. that segue. Um, I'm always a sucker for visually stunning moments of any film, and the as much as I'm tired of the song, just what they were able to do for Let It Go... Is just when they had just the castle building around her, and and how imp- not important, but how momentous just that one scene was for just the entire Disney, I don't know, at world, not place, <laughs> but realm. Let's use realm. Disney. <laughs> the Disney realm. <laughs> how do I live in the Disney realm? I want to. We do that. live in the Disney. Realm. Okay, I, I guess we do. I'm king. They say Bob Iger might run for president in 2020, so then we really would live in the Disney realm. I would love it. <laughs> he wouldn't be CEO at that point, but... But yeah, I mean, just just because of what it was mean, and I must say, I love, they always do away in their opening scenes, and I just love how that opening scene, when they're chipping the ice, it was just setting, knowing nothing, I, I went into the movie knowing nothing about it, or I knew, like, gradually, just a little bit of what it was about, but just how it... What are you doing? This is how I'm going to remember. Oh, okay. What I'm going to need to say. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, and I love the, I just, they do, they have a way of opening, the opening scene just like, just these guys chipping away at ice, and this nice, just all these guys just singing, and it, it just set the tone for just, I don't know, for, for a good 
good couple hours. Since we have uh, since we have Liam now, and um, we when he goes to bed, even though he probably would sleep through anything, we get really cautious, so we watch a lot of things with closed caption on now. Have you ever actually like read the lyrics to that opening song? Oh. It, it sets up the entire movie. Oh, really? Yes. Like, it it talks about the frozen heart. Like if you like That's listen what the song's to called. yeah. Is it really? Frozen Heart? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. Anyway, anyway, uh, the if you look at the lyrics to that song, it basically, it's prologue to the entire movie. And I never, like obviously it's the first thing that happens, but I never thought of it as like basically spelling out the entire movie yeah, for you. Yeah, because it says this icy uh, force, both uh, something and rare. Mm-hmm. I, oh, yeah, we sing it. We sing it in choir. Oh, we nice. Sing like a, okay, so a you're cheating. So you're cheating. Well, no, I already knew the whole soundtrack before, oh, but then okay. we sang it in choir. Because you're a bootleg? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey, what were you going to say? Because I didn't want okay, you to Okay, you said it. opening scene. So that kind of remind, reminded me of that, um, uh, you, the ice yeah. thing. But I love the whole, before you even see any of the movie, but like the whole like Disney thing before, the song that goes on beforehand, it kind of uh, makes you... Uh, the way the song is makes you visualize like northern lights ish mm-hmm. feeling, and then you kind of get, and then it kind of melts into a nor- northern light on the screen, and then it goes into the ice. And I really like that because again, it like just sets the whole mood of everything. And then I think that my favorite scene is the um, for the first time in forever reprise when Anna and Elsa finally meet again after they run away. And um, they're in Elsa's ice castle. Yes, and like everything goes wrong, and all the ice shards are going over. Like I love that, and I think it also has to do with how powerful the song gets at certain points, and how their vocals are like going against each other, and the ice is flinging. And yeah, that's my favorite scene. Absolutely, and so I'm gonna cheat uh, because it's my show, and I would say that my favorite scene uh, is an amalgamation of all the scenes where there's music and. Uh, and I want to talk about Kristen Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez for a bit because they wrote all this music. And watching some of the behind the scenes uh, on this, the the interviews have said that like basically the director of this movie knew that they were going to use the Snow Queen as their their premise for where this is going to mm-hmm. go. But outside of that, they they didn't exactly this is a much darker story and then they heard the songs and uh when they heard let it go in particular they completely changed elsa's drive yeah and and how this movie was going to be well did because elsa was going to be the villain that it was based off that yes yeah no because i love the actual story that this whole movie is based off of because it is the snow queen who is the worst the evil person, in a yeah. sense. But, yeah. No, I love it. Well, can you, like, give a summary for people that um, haven't... Well, it's about two kids, a girl and a boy, or the boy gets taken, I think. Mm-hmm. And the girl, so technically this would be the Anna character, goes in a search to get the boy, and she has to, like, collect things on the way to get him back from the Ice Queen. Yeah. So it's a, a lot different story, um, yes. and it, it definitely doesn't have those family ties and things no. like that. Uh, so they they turned in these songs, the the drafts for them, and the studios were just like, 
listen, we've got to change what we're doing here. And they, they basically morphed the story around the songs. And, and you can tell it, the soundtrack to this is just absolutely beautiful. I'm, and so have you listened to like the whole soundtrack, mm-hmm. even like the non the score? Uh, yeah. yeah. So m- there's two songs in there that are my absolute favorite. Again, the opening one where you get the visual lights, but then the song that happens uh, right before Elsa's coronation, it's like a pretty like, choiry sound and I, I don't know I I just like really yeah, like that one for sure um, it, it's a great soundtrack yes. you should go on Spotify and listen to it right now right after you're done listening to all of this uh, fun piece of trivia this also got Robert Lo- Lopez his EGOT he got his what's EGOT it's Emmy really? Grammy Oscar oh, and yeah. Tony okay yeah. so do you know what he I've got I've never his... heard it pronounced I've always just read it do you know what he got his EGOT for so obviously his Oscar is for Let It Go mm-hmm. and Frozen. Do you know where his Tony came from? It's Tony. No. That would have been 2013. No. What was it? No. no, no. It doesn't have to be the same year. He didn't oh, get it in the oh, same I, year. See, I, th- I thought you would. So okay. like, like, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. What year was it? Uh, it would have been probably been like 2004, 2005. Ooh, was it for a score? Or a it was. Uh, he wrote Avenue Q. Oh, oh I didn't know for that. Avenue Q. Um, and then his Grammy came from uh, Book of Mormon. Okay. And then his Emmy came from, I don't remember what his Emmy came from, but this man's very talented. <laughs> He's Frozen, Book of Mormon, Avenue Q, plenty of other uh, wonderful pieces of music as well. Isn't Lynn really close to yeah. Oh, getting, yeah. getting that? Yeah, he, he will be. I mean, basically Hamilton will probably get him Almost all of it. Doesn't he still need an Oscar, though? Is that the one He thing would, that he uh, but they're, they're going to make a live-action movie of Hamilton, oh, so he'll write a new song. Well, and and they're doing, aren't they doing Little... Years. They're doing Little Mermaid. He's writing the music for that. No, oh, he is. You're right. I and, I mean, he was nominated for the Oscar for Moana, so... Yeah. Didn't win, but... Should have. Should have. Should have, would have, could have. So, let's talk about things in this movie that didn't work. And I'll start us out... Um, and I'll just say that the hype around it didn't work. Uh, the way that Disney took this movie, and uh, Bailey mentioned this earlier, they they kind of pushed it to us just so hard. Mm-hmm. We got so much Frozen right away. And I get that they were making money on it, but they really flooded the market with Frozen. But in a way, that's so smart. I, I, yeah, because, it is. Because thinking about it... Um, my mom and I were talking about this right after Hamilton came out, how right after Hamilton came out, he started doing the mixtape, and then a store opened, and then all the tours happened, but that's, and she was like, it's kind of like how Disney did Frozen, where it got popular, so you just kind of... You keep wait, riding yeah. that wave until you can't yeah. anymore, yeah. The mistake, I think, that was made with that was changing the ride in Norway, like, because then it's... First of all, it took so long to make that once it was finally finished, the hype about the movie was already dwindled down. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, uh, You know, I just, I get that it's probably good for business because they made billions of dollars on this property already. uh, And it's it's only four years old. Can you believe that Frozen's only four years old? Doesn't seem like it. I mean, it seems like it's been around forever. And it's because of how quickly 
it enveloped our lives. And I mean, I think it came out like in November of 2013. So, I mean, it's not even been four years. Um, and they already have a ride in Disney World. They already have uh, a sequel on the way, a Broadway show on the way. I mean, Frozen's around for a long time. Um, and that that I'm fine with because I enjoy the characters. And if it's the same caliber of music, I'm, I'm fine with the sequel and all that. What I'm what I'm less fine with is how much it was pushed and yeah. how it couldn't just develop into a classic like Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid on its own. Mm-hmm. And it would have. It would have been that. But it it really just uh, it kind of became this monster of a thing. Um, it also overshadowed some great animated movies like uh, The Princess and the Frog and like Tangled. Um, those are movies that I don't know that they get as much credit because this big behemoth takes over um, in the in the room. So that's what didn't work for me, and I know it's not part of the movie. But again, I make the rule rules because my podcast more than Frozen. See, and and I think Princess and the Frog really got like thrown on. See, but I wasn't a huge fan. Friend. Uh, well, it was technically like the first Princess one the of like what I would call their like second. Renaissance or whatever, like yeah. that—that's the first movie that really started this um, for the Disney animated studios and not mm-hmm. uh, not Pixar. Yeah. Um, but what what didn't work for you guys in the movie? Stone people. The stone people. The trolls. Yeah. Trolls. Those. You didn't like the trolls. No. Norway likes trolls. That's fine. Good for them. I don't live in Norway. These See, people but, do. But, but, <laughs> but that kind of brings like the culture, I guess, aspect of. Norway more into play. Good for I them. feel like. I just remember walking through Norway and Epcot and being like, why the hell do they have so many trolls everywhere? <laughs> and it was because they like trolls. Cool. That was before Frozen. I just I found those scenes uh, slow. Yeah. You didn't like Fixer Upper? There Is were... it maybe because you're a bit of a Fixer Upper? I am. But. Got a couple beside... of flaws. I was. <laughs> Alrighty. I just had to quote the song. Anymore. Really? Is that what you were doing? I never would have guessed. Kevin, shut up! <laughs> What's the part about outside of nature's laws with the reindeer? <laughs> um, but no, I mean, Fixer Upper, uh, there, there were some cute numbers, or cute lines in it that made me laugh, but I mean, for the most part, it's just like, that, that, that's where the movie really slowed for me, were those scenes. Yeah, I, I mean, I get that. So, those were the, the that's what I found my weak, the weak points. Bailey, you got anything? I judge a movie on how much I cry during it, and I didn't cry once. You didn't cry once during this? Not even, like, at the end when it turns out that what's going to melt her frozen heart is her sister's love. No, because I like it when princes and princes fall in love. Oh, so you like the... Yes. The love stories. The cliché. I love the cliché love stories. But, like... Yeah, when she goes, you through, have a sister too, so it's like <laughs> I feel. I feel like you should have more of a connection to that. Like La La Land, when they didn't end up together. I hate the ending she of La La Land. Flipped out, guys. Spoiler alert. I feel oh, like sorry. that that movie like isn't even out on DVD yet. Anyway, that's totally fine. Jeremy will edit it out. <laughs> edit some cricket noise. <laughs> edit some cricket noise. Um, no, for sure. Uh, I, that's interesting. You never cried, huh? No. See, and uh, I don't know. I, okay, there's, no, and I cry at everything. I am <laughs> so over-emotional. Maybe a tear shed when Olaf was 
melting and by the fire or whatever, but no. Okay. Well, uh, but I, I liked like... the movie. Like, it doesn't mean I didn't like it. I saw it no, that's many okay. times in theaters. We won't take away your frozen card. <laughs> okay. It's totally fine. So let's uh, start wrapping up a bit. And I, I want you to rank this movie in the new animated films um, that have come out from Disney, uh, specifically the, the Walt Disney properties. So we're talking from like 2009-ish, uh, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Wreck-It Ralph, The Good Dinosaur. Moana. Good Dinosaur is Pixar. Oh, it is? Yeah, so oh. Moana would be like the, the most recent one. But out of those movies, where does this rank? Kind of towards the top, the middle, or the bottom? For I'm going to say middle. The middle? Yeah, Moana's okay. definitely number one. Love that movie. Really? Yes. Hmm. I cried. I put five, Moana towards the bottom. I cried uh, five million times. Craig, we do not have the same taste in movies. <laughs> at all. I and that doesn't surprise really, me. And I don't it know. really frustrates me. <laughs> I would say two or three. Number two or three? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I would probably put it. Guys, I is number two. I might. Uh, I mean, it's hard because of all the hype that surrounded it, but if I removed that, I, I would put this movie number one uh, because I think that, again, this solidified that reemergence of all these films. What would you put What would you put before it? Tangled. Tangled? Oh, yeah, you said oh, that. Oh, I freaking love Tangled. Tangled. Just kidding. Tangled would be number two. Wreck-It Ralph, number three. Big Hero, six, number four. Frozen, number five. Wait, that would be at the bottom. So it'd be at the, the bottom. bottom <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's hard to put it. Okay, Big Hero Six is kind of like an outlier because, of course, I love that movie, and I, I mean, like, no, Frozen's above Big. I don't know. I cried so much during that movie. I know. I haven't seen it. Did you hear that there? It's, no, it's really good, Kevin. You would really like it. Okay, Bailey, really this is nerdy. this is real life. Disney filed a patent for huggable robots. Yeah. I need one in my bed. <laughs> <laughs> They're totally going to make Baymax. Okay, no. When you go to Disney and you meet Baymax, it's the cutest thing in the world. I have never <gasps> met Baymax. Is, um, the happy inside out? Is that Pixar or is that Disney? That's Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. That's Pixar. Is the new movie Coco that's coming out Disney or Pixar? Pixar. Okay. I don't yeah. know, but that movie looks good. It does look good. Cars 3 is also coming out. But, I never you know. saw Cars 2, and I'm not a fan of the trailer. So <laughs> yeah, I, I have no interest in seeing it because the first one is really good. John Lasseter really wants you to like it, but I don't particularly care for Cars. Anyway, um, so let's... Uh, anything uh, to wrap it up with Frozen, Bailey? Any final thoughts? For the first no, time in... For- no. I said you gotta at least finish the line. No, I mean, I like it. (laughs) No, I mean, I like it. We're gonna put that as like the box cover of this this podcast. No, I mean, I like it. Kevin. It's a cute movie. Definitely, it accomplished what they were wanting to do and made a made a classic out of it by all the hype that they they threw at it as well. I guess for I guess maybe my age group is just it was just because of all the stuff that came with the movie. Bailey, sorry. <laughs> uh, that, that's what kind of brought it down for me. But I mean, is it a good movie? Yes. I'm not saying it's a bad movie whatsoever. But I found myself bored a couple times with the trolls. But 
It's bound to happen. Fair enough. Want to give us our plugs? Absolutely. You can find us all over the place. You can find us at thefrontrowmoviereviews.com where you can find all the current box office info going out there. Uh, you can find out where what we've been posting and pretty much that's the best place uh, to see what's been going on with the Front Row Movie Reviews. We also have a Twitter and an Instagram. Take it from there, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Bailey. <laughs> uh, Twitter, you can uh, follow us at, at the, front row mo- the Front Row Reviews with a Z. Not an um, S. Not, no, uh, not no. It's just front row reviews with the Z. We're we're still working on it, guys. At, oh, at front row reviews. That's, yeah. that's at, what it says. At, I just can't read. At, at front row reviews. Oh yeah, I did. He's such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so how about Instagram? Instagram, you can uh, follow us at, at the front row movie reviews, and you can also email us all your comments, questions, say what what you liked about what we're doing, what we're not, hate mail. For what you didn't like about what Bailey was saying, you can send it to. Don't the... send hate mail. That's rude. Haters back off. <laughs> oh, you if can... you ever do a TV one, can we do haters back off and I can come on and talk about it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Who would want to watch that or listen to that? <laughs> Don't even get me started. Okay, and there is there she is. Uh, you can email us at thefrontrowmoviereviews at gmail and make sure you can look us up on the Facebook. On thefacebook.com. <laughs> the Facebook? That's what it started out as, that's guys. What, that's why I did it. Yeah. Okay. Reference to movies and real life. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, a long, it's been a long day. You can find us on Facebook, The From Our Movie Reviews. And I just want to say uh, we've got a lot of great things coming up in the near future. Uh, Next for Beyond the Mouse, we have booked. uh, It's going to be a crossover between Beyond the Mouse and Classics. And we are going to talk uh, about the wonderful classic, Mary Poppins. And uh, joining us for that episode will be uh, the Springfield, Illinois Muni Operas, Mary Poppins herself, Mary Kate Smith. And uh, Brandon will also be here as well to talk about the uh, the classics. So, with that, we've reached the end. Bailey, you survived. I did. Was, I thought of another movie that I liked. What's the What's the movie that you? Liked? I forgot it. <laughs> Goonies. Yes, the Goonies. I love Goonies. That was the first question I asked my roommate. I go. Have you ever seen Goonies? And she said no. And I go, that's the first thing we're doing when we get to school. Oh my God, your roommate. She's in for it. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine. God have mercy on her. <laughs> she made it through with two Pepsis and a sugar cookie. I'm not all the way done with the Pepsi. <laughs> Goonies never say die. It's like 1030. You don't need... I'm going to bed after this. Anyway. I'm 19 years old. I'm going out on the town. Just <laughs> Easter Sunday, let's do this. Gotta go finish 13 Reasons Why, actually. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, with that, this has been the Front Row Movie Reviews. I am Craig McFarland. I'm Kevin Cullivan. And I am Bailey Sue Brinkman. And we will see you real soon. See you real soon? (laughs) In the front row. (laughs) Hand claps. Hand hand claps. Hand claps. (laughs) We get it.